Hello, everybody. This is Parisa. And this is Mike. And you've got it tuned into the Melody Feed podcast. Same podcast, same people, but with a new name. Completely different name. Talking about the same stuff. <laughs> um, yeah. So still a podcast by the Trial and Error Collective. Just given the podcast, you know, new name. It's almost a new year. Time to time to make things efficient. You trim, know, trim the fat. You know, trimming the fat off the name. Exactly. It's too cumbersome. Too many letters. Now we too have words. maybe like three less letters. <laughs> Couple, few less letters. Yeah. Every second counts, you know? Got to make up for lost time, so. I don't have time to say all of those words, okay? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, yeah, so this episode, really excited about, we talk with our friend Samba from Tarantula's Dream TV and Tarantula's Dream Radio, a new show that Samba started this year talking about UFOs, cons- conspiracy theories, and everything under those umbrellas. Um, and a great radio show here in Tucson on Downtown Radio, doing a lot of punk and outsider music, rock and roll, all that good stuff. Um, but in this episode, we talk about the intersectionality between music and science fiction. Yeah, and uh, we'd just like to say that uh, we fully recognize that not everybody uh, believes that extraterrestrials are contacting planet Earth or are visiting planet Earth. But uh, for this episode, we really just dove straight in, you know, f- just took it from the perspective that they are actually visiting Earth. And uh, these are the things that people are reporting and experiencing. Ex- um, exactly. Yeah. So yeah. entirely just, you know, speculating, but having a good time. And whether or not, you know, you believe in this or we believe in this, there's a lot of universal messages we can take away from this, you know, like music as a. Music as a form of language, you know? So. Right. Even just imagining what kind of music aliens are rocking out to is a pretty fun conversation. <laughs> so. Absolutely. Well, I guess let's uh, let it roll. And if you enjoy this podcast, please consider donating to our PayPal. You can find us on there at the Melody Feed Podcast at gmail.com. All your funds will help us with. Hosting fees, uh, website fees, and all that sweet, sweet stuff, you know? Various fees. Fees for this and fees for that. Exactly. You know, everywhere you turn, there's another fee to be paid. It's a different fee. Yeah, I know. It's no good. Exactly. So your help is super appreciated. And yeah, let's let it play. Let's do it. Yeah, very excited for this episode today. Um, yeah, what are we talking about? What are we? What are we doing? What are we talking about? Well, well, first we got 
here. He's our special friend guest. That's right. Wait, would you like us to refer to you as or Samba for this? Oh man, you already doxed me. I guess. <laughs> uh, normally, my my uh, my radio name, my broadcasting name is Samba. So for from here on out, let's just go with the with Big Samba over here. You know, Big Samba over here. That's uh, that's what I like. So let's Big do Sam, that. you got it. Let's do that. Let me fade this out. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> Big Samba. Podcasting yes, live from outer space. Thank you so much for joining the transmission today. Yeah, thank you for uh, for having me. I'm excited to do this uh, this little extra project outside of uh, all the tarantulas dream stuff. This is uh, a new little thing, so I'm uh, I'm happy to be here. Thanks again. Totally. Um, yeah. So this episode, we're kind of talking about the the intersectionality between uh, science fiction, aliens, and music, and how they all connect. Um, See, I guess to start, uh, Samba, do you want to talk to us a little bit about uh, what you do with Tarantula's Dream TV? Sure. Slash radio? Oh, yeah, sure. Uh, so, yeah, Tarantula's Dream TV, Tarantula's Dream Radio, they're they're kind of one in the same uh, flip sides of the coins uh, of, of paranormal uh, talk radio, I guess you could say. Um, Tarantula's Dream TV was the, was the first project I started uh, under the Tarantula's Dream name. I, I started it back in June of this year. Um, I had kind of had this idea brewing in my, my head for a while. I, I originally thought I wanted to do just kind of like the YouTube route. I wanted to kind of just create videos on YouTube, kind of create this world, maybe have characters and puppets and, and, and write my own music for the show and essentially just make it this weird, like paranormal kind of like talk show on YouTube. Uh, and then I kind of just molded that, uh, or kind of refined it over time. And, and, and in June I started doing it on Instagram. So uh, Tarantula's Dream TV is is a live uh, paranormal uh, kind of talk show on Instagram. It's a one hour every Monday and Wednesday night from uh, 9 p.m. to 10 p.m. People can call in. I have a phone number. Uh, if people want to talk to Old Samba over here, if they have any questions or comments about the topic of the night, uh, we cover UFOs, uh, ghosts, uh, conspiracy theories, sometimes politics, uh, music. I have a song of the night every every show. So. That's uh, that's how that started, and then I also slowly kind of weaseled my way over to downtown radio here in Tucson and have Tarantula's Dream Radio, uh, which is every Monday night from uh, 11 p.m. to 1 a.m., where I uh, I still focus on some paranormal topics, but uh, because it's uh, Monday through Saturday at downtown radio, it's mostly music-focused programs. Uh, it's it's mostly music, so it's about two hours of, of mostly punk and experimental and, and noise rock and stuff like that, so... Uh, so yeah, that, I've been doing that uh, this year during the uh, the COVID lockdown time. <laughs> so it's been a, a good outlet to keep myself occupied and and, and engage with people with uh, some of this weird weird stuff we're uh, we're dealing with. That sounds awesome. Yeah. yeah, it's been a great journey, and you're taking a, a brief hiatus for the rest of the year. Is that right? Yeah, I'm taking a little break. Um, it's mostly a uh, I, it's mostly just kind of a, a mental health break. Uh, I'm just kind of focusing on. Especially with the end of the year here, we're we're coming up to some holidays, and, uh, and and you know I'm I'm trying to deal with the fallout of of you know with COVID and stuff. We're not I'm not really going to be seeing my family this year, and I wanted to focus on just kind of still keeping in contact with them and not really deal with the the Instagram part because it, it it takes a lot of work to get these shows uh, researched and put together because I like to have a lot of uh, video clips and audio clips and, and outlines and, and kind of make it a nice production. So I, I wanted to focus on my, on myself, uh, for the last like month and a half of the year. 
and I'm trying to uh, do some studio upgrades. I need to get a new computer. I need, I wanted to kind of reformat a lot of things. So I want to come back in uh, 2021 uh, stronger and better and, uh, and uh, higher production values, uh, even though uh, my budget is still uh, about zero dollars. So I don't know how that's going to be accomplished, <laughs> but um, I'm going to I'm going to try. So, yeah, uh, no, no new stuff until uh, 2021. But uh, the radio show is still going strong. So if you if you have any itch. Uh, I'm still doing Tarantula's Dream Radio. That's still a thing. So tune into that. Perfect. Yeah. And we'll definitely, nice. you know, link that up on the website too. And looking forward to what the new year has for Tarantula's Dream TV. It's going to oh, be great. Oh, me too. Yeah. We've got, uh, I've already got some topics in the, uh, in the, uh, in the old waiting list that I'm excited to dive into a little bit. I want to, I want to try to research um, things a little more thoroughly. I, I think, I, I think, you know, unfortunately, this isn't a paying job, so I just do it on my free time. But uh, I'm, I'm going to try to carve out some more time to really make these shows the best they can be. I want to be a big celeb over here in the paranormal world. <laughs> you can't do that unless you, know. you research. And then I got to start a Patreon. I got to start an OnlyFans. I, I got <laughs> to do, do the whole thing. So, yeah, 2021 will be the year of the tarantula. Hell yeah. So what um, – so I guess for – yeah, I mean, uh, for you too, Mike and, and Samba – what were, what are your, uh, yeah, like, how did you guys get interested in, in these subjects? Cause I know, especially for me, like I mostly know about ufology and all of this alien research from the two of you. So, um, yeah, I'm curious, like where your, where your interest started in all this. Um, uh, I think for me, I can't really remember it. I think it must've just been, um, the X-Files watching the X-Files when I was younger and then um, at some point, I don't know if it was around college or something, I heard somewhere that it might actually be a real phenomenon. And then I just started looking into it more and more and reading some books and uh, listening to more podcasts and stuff. But I've never had an experience or anything. Yeah. One day. <laughs> yeah, really. Hopefully. Yeah, someday we'll we'll all have those experiences uh you know whether it's in in our dreams or in real life. I think I think I think most people or I think a lot of people have uh, alien experiences they just don't really know about. Um on Tranches Dream TV we had an episode where we talked about uh, sleep paralysis and sleep paralysis is a kind of a it's a pretty big deal uh, I think in a lot of uh ufologists heads where the idea of when you're sleeping, you're the most vulnerable and everyone has these experiences where you're, you know, maybe getting lifted out of bed, you have something on your chest and that ties uh, mm -hmm. in really nicely with the idea of, of UFOs. And I know for me personally, I, I started getting into UFOs when I was really young, um, when I was like three or four years old, when I was like like a child, like a baby almost. My favorite movie wow. was like E.T. Apparently I would like beg my, my, my parents, my grandparents in my like high chair to like put it on repeat so even as a young kid, I was really into UFOs. And then throughout the 90s, I was obsessed with um, sort of like the resurgence of these like primetime UFO documentaries on on TV with like the, the alien um, autopsy on Fox mm -hmm. or the uh, McPherson tapes over on, uh, I think it was like UPN when UPN was a thing. Um, I was really into it from like a young age. I don't really know why. Uh, but I do remember having these really weird, vivid dreams when I was younger, when I was a kid of of sort of like um different entities or beings sort of in rooms with me in my in my old house when I was a kid and you know they were just dreams or I believe they were just dreams I don't know if they were any connection to actual UFOs or whatnot but from a young age I really didn't have any fear 
of uh, of UFOs or extraterrestrials uh, at all. And uh, you know, now I'm like still very much into the the idea of the paranormal and UFOs. And I've had coming back to sleep paralysis. I've had an episode of of having beings in the room with me, and I, I kind of chalk it up to to sleep paralysis. But I don't really know. It could have been a an experience, if you will, but I do remember having a, a few episodes of, of having beings in the room with me, shining lights on me, that kind of thing. I don't know. So I'm not going to say it was an experience, but uh, it's as close as I've ever gotten. Right. And um, also, what's your history as a musician? Uh, so, yeah, a musician. I, I've played guitar, or I started playing guitar when I was um, probably about 11 or 12 and uh, I started playing guitar because uh, a classmate of mine back, I guess it would have been around middle school, they had a, like a red Fender Stratocaster they would bring to school. And he would rock out oh, yeah. on, um, on Red Hot Chili Peppers um, <laughs> during like little <laughs> recess breaks. We'd just stay in the classroom and he'd play little riffs of like Suck My Kiss and stuff like that. And I thought that was so sweet. And then he had a wah pedal. He's playing Rage Against the Machine. And I got like obsessed, so I, I begged my parents for a, for like a guitar. They got me a, like a classical like nylon string acoustic. I was a little bummed, uh, <laughs> but I learned on that. And then uh, you know, decades later, I'm in my 30s now, and I've I've, I've picked up many more instruments since then. I've been in a, a, more bands than I can I can count on. I think I've been to almost every state in the in the continental U.S. I've never been to, to a, like Hawaii. Or Alaska, I guess. But uh, I've toured throughout the country for 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 many years. I, I've kind of taken a little break from music um, to kind of focus on this stuff. But I've always had a, a deep uh, appreciation uh, for music and kind of its uh, ability to to be a, a universal language to speak to everybody and anybody at any time, and uh, and its connection with uh, a deeper part of ourselves. So, yeah, uh, music's been a big part of my life for a long time. Nice, yeah. And uh, I, I guess later on we're going to get into, you know, what we think the connection is between music and musicians' interests and UFOs, because there definitely seems like there's some kind of connection going on there, but we'll have to speculate on that later. Definitely. Keep it, um, keep it in, the, in, the, in the back of our minds, you know, let's let it stew a little <laughs> yeah. bit. In the, in the forensic files, yeah, for everyone listening out there, just uh, keep that stewing, you know? Forensic files, but, um, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, it is really interesting, this kind of crossover. And, you know, like we said, we will talk about it more in the next episode when we talk about specific musicians. But I think a lot of music lovers got turned on to this kind of um, these kind of theories uh, and research, uh, you know, because of Tom DeLonge and, um, <clears throat> you know, celebrities talking about their, oh, boy. you know, their their interests in these things. So. Yeah, especially someone as, you know, non, you know, if you're just like a, like a happy-go-lucky, like kind of pop punk band to suddenly get into this, you know, I feel like it kind of just took, took people by storm, you know? Oh, yeah. Uh, I mean, this whole podcast, mm -hmm. this, for me, could be all about Tom DeLong. I, I've, I've, I haven't mm. been, I'm not shy about my, uh, I have a, I have an appreciation for Tom DeLong. Uh, I mean, sure. in regards to Blink-182, uh, the musical side of Tom DeLong. I was I was much like many young kids growing up when they were listening to a lot of uh, pop punk and stuff. I loved Blink One Eighty Two. I loved the first three albums, classic, uh, just like gross pop punk from three immature dudes running around. I don't know. Um, but yeah, now that I, great. yeah, now that I've uh, you know kind of uh, come into a maturity and adulthood, I still enjoy the music every now and then. But I think uh, yeah, the, the Tom DeLonge case, the situation is so interesting to me. That this idea of uh, 
leaving behind this uh, like multi-million dollar platinum selling world touring rock band to just uh, to essentially research UFOs full time. And then not only that, now he's sort of working sort of in conjunction with the actual U.S. government in a way. So mm-hmm. I think that's, that's, I don't know, that's pretty uh, commendable if you're uh, into the, the field of, of ufology. So, yes, I love Tom DeLong. Yeah. It's a true glow up, you know? Oh, it's the it's the glowiest glow up, especially with, uh, you know, with UFOs. It's all about the the big, the, the glowing lights, the, you know, being sucked up in sort of like a tractor beam kind of thing. I mean, yeah, yeah. it's a glow up. The, the literal glow up. Yes, exactly. Yes. Um, yeah, and just to kind of backtrack for a second, because one thing that kind of caught my attention when you're talking about growing up with this interest in aliens and ufology is that you said that you never really had a fear for it because you were really exposed to it and uh, something that came up in our research is this guy Bashar who we'll get into more later but um, you know essentially he's uh, this man Daryl I forget his last name Daryl Anka or something like that yeah. and he uh, yeah Daryl Anka Daryl Anka yeah and he channels a uh, an alien entity uh, and gives talks and one thing that he said uh, in this new documentary that he put out is Bashar always says that if you want to be like less fearful of aliens or potential contact, that you should be more in touch with alien sounds and recommended specifically dolphins. So I thought that was really interesting that also sound <laughs> can be our like lever here to kind of, you know, go from one world to the next. Oh Yeah. Yeah, and I guess uh, dolphin communication is is very musical, and uh, whale songs too. I wonder how he feels about whales, you know, because there's like whole albums of just you can just listen to whale songs as long as you want. Totally. Yeah, there's there's even that scene in like, uh, I, and I just rewatched this movie because of uh, the movie theater I work at. We we showed it uh, outdoors, but uh, there's that scene in like the Big Lebowski where the dude is like taking a bath and like smoking a joint with all these like candles around him, which already seems kind of weird that he'd take the time to like light, like, I don't know, 20 candles around him because he's so lazy. Uh, but <laughs> on his like little boom box, he's got like a little tape of like whale noises and he's just sitting there and just like fucking stoned out, and <laughs> out to, to whale noises in, in the bath. So yeah, yeah it's sweet. <laughs> and, and wasn't, wasn't there a, that one of the Star Trek movies where they uh, have you guys seen any of the Star Trek movies? I'm ashamed to say I haven't. I've seen I think like the first two, uh, like at some point in my life, and I, I haven't. And I've seen some of the ones with like Patrick Stewart, like the the later ones. Um, but I know what you're talking about. You're talking you're talking about the one where they have to like go back Is in it, time or something to like save whales or something. I, I I'm gonna mess up the plot, but I, but I think what's going on is there's a rogue satellite. And um, it's trying to communicate with the Enterprise. And I think um, they somehow figure out that, um, that the satellite can communicate with whales on Earth, but not human beings. I think that's the general <laughs> gist of it. So they have to like use a whale as a go-between. Mm-hmm. I hope I didn't ruin that, that plot. I think that's what the, the gist of it is, though. Well. I mean, I don't know. You, you, you all would know better than me. What is your, uh, what is the podcast like demographic? Do you have a lot of uh, like sci-fi nerds on here, or, or, or people who would who would listen to this and, and immediately want to uh, burn the podcast down for getting the plot wrong? 
Good question. You know, I think yeah. we gained a lot of followers when we did that episode about um, music at 432 hertz. So, oh yeah, I'm sure there's I'm sure there's people out there who are like, well, you know, whale sounds are actually in this frequency, <laughs> and <laughs> to tune your mind into the dolphin frequency, whale nerds. So yeah, I guess if you're listening, tell us about the dolphin frequency. Um, <laughs> you know, I'd love to know. Yeah, yeah the, how do the, I tune what's the my phone number for the podcast? <laughs> Five 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 five. <laughs> yeah, call on in. Tell me how to tune my guitar to a dolphin, <laughs> and there we go. <laughs> the old dolphin tuning, uh, love it. Exactly. <laughs> um, yeah, so I guess we can kind of start getting into, uh, yeah, some theory and you know connections that people have between music and aliens. So I know, Mike, you you did some research and had some information to share about. Um, the sound of UFOs, speaking of like frequencies, um, yeah, what, what can you share about that? Yeah. So I found this, uh, cool article from mysteriousuniverse.org, which is another cool podcast. And, uh, this whole article was about the sounds of UFOs. And normally you think of UFOs as being silent. A lot of the reports of UFOs, it's just silently hovering or silently flying across the sky. But there's a few cases. Uh, for example, there was one they talked about from 1957, an American guard. Um, I guess a an American plane went down in Argentina uh, from the Air Force. So they had a guard at the crash site. And he was just standing there, and then he uh, started hearing this this weird hum all around him. And he looked up, and there's a UFO. <laughs> and he tries to pull his gun out, and the hum gets louder, and he and he can't move, and he's unable to take his take his gun out. So that's a, one of the really weird stories. Another one that they talk about is uh, ten years later in the '60s in New York. A woman saw, sees a red light on the side of the highway while she's driving, and then she can hear it when it gets a little bit closer. And it, she describes it as uh, the vibration of a TV antenna in the wind. And uh, she said that she felt like the humming sound was taking her her uh, self will, and her car wasn't working right. And she said that her son looked like he was in some kind of trance. Uh, so that was pretty crazy that that would be associated with some kind of hum coming from the ship. But then the other part of the article was about uh, in the 80s and 90s, um, hundreds of reports came in from Taos, New Mexico, of people saying that there was a, a strange hum all over the town and that it was affecting their lives in weird ways. Um, some people were getting sick. Most of the people just said that they could hear the hum, but then there were also some UFO sightings. So um, they think that there was some kind of connection there. Mm -hmm. And just like with the uh, UFO phenomenon, the government always tries to just explain it away with something weird, you know. Like swamp gas or yeah. whatever they want to call it. Yeah, it's like earth <laughs> earth farts or something. Um, <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, I've heard a, I've heard a, a a decent amount about this hum, um, and I find it interesting because there's also like these, uh, and I've I haven't personally heard it myself. I uh, I know somebody who I remember it was a number of years ago. They sent me a text uh, saying that, or pretty much saying, "Did you hear that loud noise just now, or something?" And I I kind of you know questioned them on it. And they say it sounded like uh, like horns. They heard really loud horns, and they live out, uh, or at least at the time they're living, sort of on like the far um, east side of town. Uh, and mm-hmm. I live more central, so I didn't I didn't hear anything. Uh, but I asked them about it, and I even played some some clips. But there's this phenomena called like trumpets, sky trumpets, essentially. Uh, and uh, sky trumpets, much like the hum, are these like really loud tones that some people like into uh to like horns like trumpets and some people believe it's it's extraterrestrials other people believe it's uh like in the bible they talked about uh i think in revelation they talked about like trumpets signaling the uh like the um the apocalypse or s- signaling the uh the coming of, oh, uh, of of i don't know the the riders the, the riders uh, i don't know the plagues i don't know so uh yeah people these like sounds that can't really be explained i actually have I think I still have it. Let me ch- check real quick over here on the old uh, Tarantula's Dream desktop over here. Yeah, I actually have uh, a little sound clip of some sky trumpets. If uh, if you if I could play that yeah. for y'all real quick, and let's hear it. Great. Get your your opinion on it. So let's see if it works over here. What the hell? So these were recorded in uh, in Toronto, and so you can hear like the dudes recording it, just being like, "What the hell is this?" I thought that was one of you guys saying that. <laughs> That's crazy. Oh my god. Yeah. Uh, and there's a, there's like a ton of videos on YouTube of people recording these what is these uh, these sounds all all throughout the world. Uh, like I said, this one's from Toronto. Um, I mean, just imagining like waking up or something and just having that be like just in just. You just hear that out in the world. There's no real explanation for it. You're not living next to like a construction zone or something. I don't know. So there you go. That was some yeah. sky trumpets from uh, from Toronto. Pretty weird. That's insane. Jeez. It's very spooky. It It's also crazy how, uh, Mike, you mentioned that a lot of people get sick from it. Because I remember on one episode of Tarantula Stream TV, you had a caller who worked at uh, actually a movie theater where we used to work who... Mm-hmm. Saw saw some crazy beams and, uh, you know, had this whole experience. He even got another coworker out to be like, "Do you see what I'm seeing? Like, there's no way that a normal ship can go like from one end of the sky to the other so fast." Yeah. And what I thought was so interesting was that he and his coworker and the coworker got really sick, but then afterwards, like people who were in the movie theater, like watching the movie, didn't see anything. They were coming out puking their brains out you know when they're closing up they saw people in the parking lot throwing up it's like yeah Uh, it must be an intense an intense frequency there's some yeah there's something with uh with uh ufo sightings and uh in contactees um it's pretty common actually to to have kind of these stories of of feeling physically ill uh either during the experience or after the experience and 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 yeah it's not even limited to just uh seeing the extraterrestrial it is like uh like uh, priest like you were saying my uh my guest on that show was saying they just saw the the craft or a craft and you know it passing by the building was enough to to affect 
people in the building physically for for you know a, a long period of time after the experience. I mean, you know, people in a theater who aren't even in the vicinity of being outside and seeing it were were getting physically ill. So there is something about these frequencies that are uh, affecting people on a uh, on a deeper level and a physical level, which is pretty wild. Yeah, another thing that that article uh, was saying is that um, one of the effects of the sounds that uh, people experience are drowsiness, like people just want to go to sleep, which you could imagine um, being utilized in an abduction scenario, you know what I mean? Oh, yeah. Just some kind of frequency mm. going out, and then it just puts the person to sleep. And the, it says that the um, the Department of Defense was looking into those uh, types of low-frequency uh, sounds to use in military situations back in the 70s. Oh, yeah. I mean, you know, kind of segueing away from from the UFO kind of element of uh, of these noises. Uh, I mean, in the conspiracy community, the idea of of governments, not even just the U.S. government, but governments around the world kind of using these like secret um, weaponry on 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 its citizens, on its people, on the populace is, uh, you know, it's t- it's time tested. People, uh, conspiracy theorists still believe this. And projects like MK Ultra and Project Monarch, these like mind control, rumored mind control experiments, uh, sound was was apparently very much a, a tool to uh, kind of lull the mind into like uh, easily kind of like manipulated states. Uh, so you know, mm. it, I it's it's not so far fetched to think that these like low hums or these weird frequencies, whether it be from UFOs, extraterrestrials. Uh, you know, spiritual entities or even uh, these kind of secret government projects uh, would have a, a deep and, uh, and kind of potentially detrimental effect on people. That's, uh, I don't know, that's wild. Yeah, going back to what you're saying, I think it's really interesting talking about, you know, this detrimental potential of these UFO frequencies. Because, yeah, you know, Mike and I have been talking a lot about frequencies and their potential properties, you know, especially with 432 hertz having potential healing properties. Um, So yeah, it's interesting. I wonder if anyone has actually recorded like the hertz level of these, of that hum frequency. Mm. I know with the, uh, excuse me, the, uh, the, the hum that, uh, that we were talking about earlier, um, that they say it was uh, roughly around between 30 and 40 hertz. And uh, I actually listened to uh, like a, a 30 hertz tone right before we started recording because I was I was curious uh, how deep that would sound. And even if like my headphones or my monitors would be able to play a 30 hertz tone uh, well, since it's uh, pretty low. And uh, yeah, I would imagine getting bombarded by a, a frequency like that. And, and it's just kind of like living right in between your ears. Uh, it, it could get very infuriating. I'll say that much. And uh, yes, it's very deep. Uh, 30 to 40 hertz these tones that people are hearing and and to imagine you're just kind of walking through i don't know walking along and suddenly this like tone is just like hitting your head like that um it'd be enough to drive a lot of people crazy i think uh, and there are conspiracies that uh, the government or world governments are using kind of these like secret weaponry these with these kind of really hard to hear to most people these tones uh to kind of rile people up into sort of um put people in a particular mood because when you have this like tone that uh, maybe other people can't hear but only you can hear it's definitely going to drive you a little crazy oh yeah i don't yeah. doubt that so i mean they were using music for torture at like guantanamo bay like i remember we talked about like skinny puppy suing the government because they were using skinny puppy songs mm-hmm. to 
get people like all riled up and stuff. So yeah, I wouldn't be surprised. I mean, they already use music for torture in so many other ways. I wouldn't be surprised if they're using some kind of alien frequency, you know? Why not? Yeah. Well, I mean, if they got the technology and they're willing to uh to kind of use people as guinea pigs to sort of uh, you know, test the waters with it, uh I'd say I'd say they're they're probably gonna do it. Now I don't I don't really want to say that the government is doing this. I have no proof of this. And uh, ultimately, I don't want to feed into a narrative that, I don't know, the government is actively, I don't know, using yeah. <laughs> secret weapons on its people or anything. But it is an interesting idea that sound as a as either a weapon or, uh, you know, it, it kind of still uh, lives within this like universal language kind of thing. It's sort of, a you know, you can't hear it or you can't see it. It just kind of is it's, it's a thing and it can be used for good or it can be used for bad. And I think that's uh, that's very interesting that that music is, is it has that duality. Definitely. So I guess, too, we can start talking about music being used as a way to contact uh, aliens themselves, especially, you know, talking about the government. Um, one really interesting thing is the Voyager golden record. Um, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, so essentially, uh, what year was this? Does anyone remember? Oh, 1977. Um, it was two phonograph records that were included abro- yeah. aboard uh, both uh, Voyager spacecrafts. Um, so yeah, it kind of contained all these like sounds and images to portray life and culture on Earth. Um, and yeah, just in case a passing alien stumbles across it. And they want to know about humans. Totally. Yeah, I love that they didn't, they weren't necessarily trying to send it to any particular area. They were like, well, we'll just send it out there. And if it gets (laughs) to someone, great. (laughs) Check out this hot new tune, you know? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I thought that it just had that um, Chuck Berry song on there, but it actually had Art, Beethoven, Stravinsky, and then some um, what we would call world music. I thought it was interesting how Chuck Berry was on there because, yeah, they have like all kinds of like, yeah, I'm like looking at the list now. There's like dozens and dozens of tracks, most countries like, uh, you know, traditional music from that country. And -hmm. I feel like that was like the one track it seems on there that was not some sort of like traditional song or like an anthem of some kind. It was like, yeah. Also, here's some rock and roll, you know? Well, uh, according to wikipedia it says that the inclusion of barry's johnny be good was controversial with some claiming that rock music was quote adolescent to which um carl sagan replied there are a lot of adolescents on the planet so if you're going to depict what's going on on earth you know got to be well-rounded yeah, and who who's to say that extraterrestrials don't like to have a little fun, or to or that they wouldn't exactly. enjoy like <laughs> rock and roll? I don't know. I think I mean I think the inclusion of of mostly classical pieces is is a good idea. I think including pieces that are obviously are, are instrumental that don't have mm-hmm. uh, words are a good idea if you were trying to uh, communicate with a, an, a another living being that may not necessarily know your language or may not even have uh, a spoken language, um, which is a thing in a lot of uh, UFO lore is that uh, extraterrestrials tend to communicate mentally uh, mm-hmm. as opposed to actually speaking um, with a, with a mouth, uh, some, you know? So 
uh, with music, I think including, uh, you know, classical pieces, instrumental pieces is a good idea. But at the same time, yeah, rock and roll is a part of the, uh, is our cultural, our steady cultural diet to a lot of people. And uh, I think that should be shared as sort of the the universal message of who we are as humans. And putting that on the uh, on this little uh, golden record kind of golden album thing out in space, that's perfect. So uh, so you know, I salute Chuck Berry out there in the the great unknown. <laughs> yeah, totally. definitely. And I, it gives a complete picture of how the planet is expressing itself because we're expressing ourselves physically in you know in our whatever body we take on human bodies animal bodies the physical bodies but then the further expression is like how we're vibrating the air you know mm-hmm. I mean? absolutely so i'm sure that's of interest to aliens yeah and yeah kind of like you were saying what if they just listen to classical and they're like man this that planet's boring as hell, man. Let's just pass by it. And then they just <laughs> completely. S- yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's nothing wrong with some classical music. Sometimes getting down on a little, on just like a string arrangement or, you know, something on the piano. Yeah, that's great. That's fantastic. But if I'm going to be communicating with, if, with aliens or if we're going to be sending, you know, kind of this welcome, welcome, welcome wagon, welcome package out into the, out into space. Yeah. We got to put everything on there the, or, you know, like the best of the best, I guess you can say, and sort of a, a distillation yeah. of, of who we are as, as people and, and music is a big part. And we can't deny that, uh, you know, uh, classical music is great, but so is rock music, hip hop, uh, you know, electronic based music, what, what, what have you, I don't know, just vocal music, everything's got to be on there. So, you know, we'll, totally. st- we'll start with Chuck Berry and then we'll, we'll go from there. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah, I read that um Here Comes the Sun was supposed to be on there, but the label refu- like the Beatles were like, Yeah, totally throw it on there, but then EMI was like, No. Yeah. But I really want to know like what the meeting was like that they rejected like yeah. we love our music don't have in any space. Money. <laughs> sorry, that was, was a that? terrible Beatles that was a terrible Beatles impression. I'm sorry, and I stepped all over you, uh, Mike. <laughs> go ahead. Go ahead. What did you say? <laughs> I was just saying that EMI's <laughs> rationale must have just been that aliens don't have any money. Yeah, exactly. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Well, you know, uh, yeah. Who, who's to say what kind of a currency is out there in space? I don't know. Space, space, <laughs> space bucks? I don't know. Who knows? Yes. Space ducats. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The funny thing is I was reading about this more yesterday with, uh, and my boyfriend, he's really on the, he's really into discogs, you know, flipping records. And I kind of made a joke like, I wonder how much the golden, the Voyager golden record would go for on Discogs. And he's like, oh no, this actually got reissued by Light in the Attic. So you could, (laughs) so like they actually remade this record with all the tracks and the Hmm. booklet with all the photos too. So wow, cool. It's pretty sweet. Yeah, it's sold out, but it was going for like a hundred bucks, which honestly isn't. That's not that much. It's really not that much. Must not have been in gold. Yeah, <laughs> just like a gold, <laughs> like a gold sure. swirl press or something, or uh, you know, <laughs> yeah. just like a marble gold, not even or like something. a mint press. It's just like VG plus or something. I don't know. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, no. sending it to space and coming back kind of wears on the sleeve condition a bit, but <laughs> yeah, the moon dust is, uh, you know, it's it's authentic, but it wreaks havoc on your. Uh, Isn't it also needles? weird that they would assume that like aliens would just have a record player on their ship? <laughs> Oh, man, yeah. Like, how are they supposed? Yeah. To, what are they supposed to do with that? They get the record and then they're just like, okay, <laughs> it's like eat it or something. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> just eat. That's wild. <laughs> but I guess again, that's kind of like the 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 big question is how would you use 
uh, sound uh, or music to communicate with an extraterrestrial? Like, what does that actually look like? I mean, uh, what was it? Uh, uh, Close Encounters of the Third Kind. They had that sort of uh, back and forth with this, like, the famous kind of like musical little motif that they use in the movie. Um, mm-hmm. But you know, that's that was an in-person sort of meeting going on between the uh, the extraterrestrials and the right. humans. Like, how it, I don't even know. Like, yeah, sending a record, a tape. Uh, you know, I don't know, an MP3 player out there, the little Sony Walkman with the, the Sony Walkman <laughs> with the alien on there. I don't know. Like, how would you uh, get the music to the extraterrestrials to actually be able to listen to it? I have no clue. Right. Yeah. You need like a telepathic MP3 player. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, there you go. Don't, uh, you know, I can't remember who said it, but uh, pretty much uh, anytime something is uttered, like a new technology, a new idea is uttered, it then becomes reality somewhere down the line it's going to be invented or sort of come to fruition so you know uh, we have elon musk wanting to put uh, microchips in in our brains to kind of like uh, you know right. control different uh, pieces of machinery around us and they did what they did it on that pig i think they had like a pig with like a little i don't know like yeah. an earpiece yeah, or something neuralink neuralink or whatever yeah. so who knows yeah, yeah, maybe down the that. line we'll, we'll be having bluetooth uh, audio pumped right into our uh, cerebellum or something i don't know right <laughs> You just get Spotify commercials blasting in your skull. Yeah, everyone's freaking out about this 30 to 40 hertz tone, this hum. But then imagine you're just trying to, you know, take a shit and suddenly you've got, you know, Taylor Swift trying to sell you her new, I don't know, her new pop record. I don't know. Yeah, it's truly terrifying thought. It's pretty much inevitable. Like, yeah. it's, it's, it's going to happen. It's where we're going. It's for unfortunate. Sure. Well, but I've, we'll be long dead by that yeah, point. I, sure. I, for one, yeah. welcome our our toilet overlords. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, see, I think another thing that's kind of interesting is I feel like there's been a lot of not necessarily copycat, but since the 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 Voyager Golden Record, there's been a lot of imitation things of sending music out to space. Um, I mean, yeah, there's like this music festival called Sonar in Barcelona, I want to say it's been going on for like 30 Mm. years. And, uh, it's like a mix of like, kind of like a tech, but also music festival. And it said to celebrate their 25th anniversary, the festival partnered with the, uh, Catalonia Institute for space studies and send a series of interstellar messages to a red dwarf star about 12 light years from earth. So they like recorded some sounds. They, They said music in loose quotes, but Hey, I mean, what, so, you know, that's all to be interpreted. It could still be considered music, you know, mm-hmm. but sure. it's like becoming so like, I feel like it went from being this thing only that NASA was doing. And now you have it at like music festivals. You have amateur radio people doing it. Everyone's trying to get in on it, you know? Yeah. Should we talk about that? Uh, the Netflix movie, that short little documentary um, John was trying to. Talk to aliens. Yeah, it, yeah. I rewatched it yesterday. It's so good. Oh, nice. Um, but yeah, it's only like what, like fifteen minutes. It could easily be like a whole hour long thing. I wish it were, but um, yeah. So yeah, basically, it's this uh, recapping this guy's story that in this. I want to probably say it was like in the seventies. Mm-hmm. Um, he created his own like pirate radio station. Started to collecting all this crazy equipment and was sending music into space. And then uh, I wrote this quote down from it where he says, I sent music into space because it represents certain universal language. And I'm talking about non-commercial music. He makes this very clear. I'm talking about jazz, electronic music, craft work, tangerine dream, harmonia, African music, Eastern music, reggae, Afrobeat. 
And one thing I really like sending out was Gamelon music. I like that it was very specific. Like, mm. weren't you in a in a Gamelon ensemble, Mike? Yeah, I was. It's it's definitely very alien sounding. <laughs> um, totally. <laughs> yeah, it's almost like it's kind of like binary because it's um for anybody that doesn't know what Gamelon music is, um it's from Indonesia and it um they can have you know up to like twenty. 20 people or more and um, each person has like a set of gongs and the gongs um, are like from person to person they might have the same note but they're pitched slightly different so that there's so that the frequencies are like vibrating off of each other like the difference mm. in in the notes creates uh, weird warbles but then it's, you know, it's just patterns on, on these gongs. Um, so it's very like syncopated and um, cyclical. So, yeah, I can I can definitely understand why he wanted to send Gamelon music into space. <laughs> totally. Sounds right on the money, honestly. Mm-hmm. Um, like, the aliens are just like, oh, why didn't you say so? Now I understand. <laughs> That's all it took. Just the Gamelon. Yeah. Um, so kind of on a side note, with with sending like sound and music into space, I, I find it interesting that people are really into this idea of of trying to communicate with with whoever or whatever is out there and sending sounds or music or audio clips or whatever into space. Um, but assuming that these extraterrestrials are are sort of close to us, I think it's funny that if we were if these transmissions are successful and make it to uh, you know an extraterrestrial planet or a ship or a receiver of some kind and they do pick it up and then they decide to communicate back or take that as a sign that they should come to the source of the signal um the people who actually sent the signal most likely wouldn't even be alive to experience that event um Mm. as it takes so long it would probably take so long to even get to whoever's going to pick it up unless they're pretty close i don't know um but yeah Mm. it's like you know the people who knows maybe the extraterrestrials responding or coming to to earth or whatever uh, you know, they they probably still haven't even heard the uh, the Chuck Berry record or, or or the classical music from that um, little care package, or maybe they did. I don't know, but it is just fascinating that people want to communicate. They want to use music and sound as a tool of communication, um, but because of distance and and I don't know the way sound travels in space, uh, those people may never even have that experience. So it's kind of sad, actually. That's true, and yeah. it's it's like if. if the aliens, you know, however, like a million years in the future, will come back to Earth and say, "Hey, we finally got the that music that you sent us a million years ago." That hot new Chuck Berry <laughs> single. Chuck <laughs> Berry single. <laughs> yeah, like the year three thousand. They're like, "Oh yeah, Chuck Berry is he still doing concerts?" <laughs> yeah, that's crazy. Well, yeah, you know, yeah. Who knows? I don't know. Maybe uh, again. I mean. Uh, the way that sound travels at least or radio waves at least so uh, signals here on earth will reach its destination if it has a destination quicker than a physical package obviously of of something floating in space so who knows this could be a moot point maybe the as a radio signal it could be are you reaching its alien uh, destination as we speak i don't know i mean there's uh, there's different organizations on on planet earth who are constantly monitoring um signals from space and they pick them up all the time mm-hmm. They're not necessarily mm-hmm. something that is uh, 
amazing in the sense that you know it's not like we're picking up uh, actual radio like radio transmissions there's no language involved there's no you know speaking or anything it's just sounds and i'd be interested to hear mm-hmm. some of those sounds i've actually i don't know if i've ever actually been able to find like online like this is a you know a waveform of some tones from space i don't know um yeah no didn't seti um seti is probably the biggest uh group yeah that's taking in sounds from outer space didn't they have some big event where it was like some anomalous signal that they received i wouldn't doubt it and i think one of the things that uh is kind of a a little tangent here is uh unfortunately when it comes to like nasa or even seti or or different i don't know uh, governmental organizations whenever they have these like big press conferences or, or news releases about uh these amazing space finds uh, I think a lot of us have been kind of trained to, um, I don't want to say trained, we're just, uh, we're so used to it being a letdown because it's never mm. anything like uh, world shattering or anything. I mean, which it's all kind of relative. I mean, them finding potentially water on the moon, which was something that NASA came out and said um, probably a handful mm-hmm. of weeks ago. Um, that's pretty yeah. crazy, but it's not the, uh, you know, it's not the, we we have a little uh, alien friend here who's been... Uh, kind of running the government for decades now here he is and pulling him out from a jar behind a podium like it's not quite the same and i think people are expecting that um so yeah i wouldn't doubt if said he's it it had like a little uh press conference or just kind of put it out there that they they have something but unfortunately i think it it might have just gotten lost in the uh in the clutter of, of the news cycle i don't know i haven't i haven't seen anything but uh yeah to to bring it back to bashar again watching that documentary Mm-hmm. Uh, he talks about how uh, Daryl uh, Anka, who's the channeler, talks about how Bashar says things like the ultimate goal for aliens is to help bring humanity back. And like, it's a very hopeful message. And I was like, you know, if there's anything that's going to get me through 2020, it's the thought that maybe we'll all just get abducted soon and just leave this hellhole, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, yeah. Well, who knows what it means to be part of the uh, interstellar brotherhood, as he says. <laughs> yeah. True. Um, and yeah, that kind of, um, you know, ties into uh, like Stephen Greer, who I, I I believe we'll get into a little bit, um, I think, in our, our second part mm-hmm. of this uh, podcast when it comes to celebrity sightings and, and, and whatnot. Uh, mm-hmm. But Stephen Greer's big thing is um, kind of in the uh, too long, didn't read kind of ways. He, you know, he believes that extraterrestrial contact is is happening. They are benevolent. They want to help. They want to kind of bring mm-hmm. uh, humanity to a higher um, energetic, spiritual uh, a plane of existence, essentially. So I guess sort of like a, the next evolution of humanity in a way. Um, and that uh, we can communicate with him. He has his own methods, he says, of communication, kind of sort of the same thing with Bashar and being able to connect, uh, c- communicate with an extraterrestrial and that the, uh, you know, through sound and through light and communic- and different kind of meditation methods uh, are able to, uh, yeah, communicate with extraterrestrials and, and, and kind of, it's a, it's a, it is like a very benevolent, <clears throat> excuse me, like good thing. It's not, he's definitely mm-hmm. doesn't seem to have these like uh, feelings of malevolent creatures out there abducting people it's it's almost entirely this like idea that we need to become part of this uh intergalactic community uh through our contact with aliens so uh yeah very interesting uh the kind of the intersection between this bashar 
person and and like Stephen Greer and people who believe that uh, mm-hmm. extraterrestrials are, are here to to help. Totally. Yeah, which is at odds with pretty much every um, alien movie that anybody's <laughs> yeah. ever made, like Independence Day <laughs> yeah. and, you know, whatever else. It, the aliens are always here to just, you know, destroy everything. And exactly, yeah. It. Yeah, which, you know. It gives them a bad rap. It gives them a very bad rap, and we don't really know what they're here for. It's kind of, uh, you know, it's assuming a lot. Uh, that we would know what a uh, probably a very intelligent, uh, hyper intelligent uh, species that um, maybe even you know is is far beyond our our has technology far beyond what we have and has a completely different way of existence. Uh, you know what they'd even want to do. So you know I will exactly. say though that with the kind of malevolent idea of, of of UFOs and extraterrestrials coming to destroy humanity or, or I don't know invade or whatever, that I do kind of see the logic and the argument that like if they were going to do that why why wait to like now mm-hmm. when we're uh, the furthest at least and from what we understand the furthest we, we we've ever been in terms of our own mental evolution mm-hmm. and technology and weaponry and i don't know it seems like if they wanted to do <laughs> yeah. that they would have done that you know centuries ago or something but again i don't know i'm not going to try to understand a, the extra extraterrestrial mind <laughs> i don't know i don't even understand my own brain so yeah, exactly yeah it's tough. Um, so I have this one minute clip here uh, that Mike supplied about. Uh, it's Bashar talking about music. So it's all about the fact that we're raising our vibrations. We're raising our frequencies, at least those that are willing to integrate more of their being into conscious realization. What role does music and entertainment play in your society? It sparks the imagination, it allows for vibrations of harmony and the understanding and experience of harmonics of different levels of all that is. So, comparatively to what we experience as music, is your music vastly different or similar? It is somewhat different, it is somewhat similar, it is actually quite simplistic by your standards. And usually goes on, shall we say, structures of three, trinary structures. But it is not in that sense as complex as yours. Because we, shall we say, hear more of what's there. <laughs> so we don't need as many notes. <laughs> to put it that way. Does that make sense? Absolutely. Thank you so very much. Thank you. <laughs> <Anyway>. <laughs> yeah. I, the thing I love about Bashar is he's really a smart ass, you know? He's yeah. he's always like giving giving clapbacks. Um, Clapback season with Bashar. Um, <laughs> yeah. I so so Parisa, you told me about Bashar, or you suggested I look into into Bashar and, and the whole thing with him, um, kind of a while ago when I, I I like to solicit ideas for Tarantula's Dream TV or and I guess Tarantula's Dream Radio uh, from from the listeners because I, I like to 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 be in touch with people and see what they want to hear. There's anybody they want me to research, and you suggested him uh, kind of a while ago. He's on my list. I haven't done too much research on him yet to do an episode or two episodes on him. And that was actually one of the first times I've I was really paying attention to sort of how he how he looks when he's I guess channeling the mm-hmm. the extraterrestrial. He's got his eyes closed. He he his voice goes from that relaxed kind of normal tone he has to to yeah kind of a smarmy kind of smart mm-hmm. aleck tone i don't know it's very yeah. weird to to hear i don't yeah. know i don't quite understand what what's going on with that well 
If I had to imagine the explanation for that, I, I, I think it'd be like the equivalent of one of us communicating with like, uh, you know, like a beetle. Like if we could talk to like a beetle <laughs> on that level of intelligence, it's just like, hey, little guy. You know, <laughs> yeah. How you, you talk know, to your dog. You're yeah. going to dig around in some, dig around in some dirt. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I suppose. Totally. Yeah. yeah. I do find it fascinating. Maybe. People like Bashar or even uh, uh, what Keith Ranieri or whatever of Nexium, uh, that dude. Um, Cause they both kind of have mm-hmm. this, like, it seems to be that, that assuming that, Bashar isn't being 100% truthful in his, in his narrative <laughs> of how he's coming across these communications. Um, right. That they're able to just sort of, uh, assuming that they're kind of just speaking f- kind of off the cuff, just Im- improvising these kind of stuff, that they they do sound very, uh, you know, very well-spoken. And, and you know, it doesn't mm-hmm. it doesn't really have a hint of, of um, kind of predetermined like like canned responses or canned narrative it seems like they're really if this is communication from an extraterrestrial it, it does seem very natural it's just kind of flowing so i'll give that to totally. Bashar. i'll totally give yeah. that to him it, it's pretty crazy he never in any of the footage that i've seen he never mangles his words or mm-hmm. or misspeaks anything he always speaks in a perfect paragraph of thought with each sentence like mm-hmm. perfectly formed without any gap between the person's question and his response to mm-hmm. it's always perfectly immediate and never messes up any of the words it's yeah. even if daryl anka is faking it it's pretty impressive Yeah, that's why I always enjoyed it, because I'm like, even if it's not, you know, I can suspend my belief here, you know, whatever. If I even if it's not an alien, it's like it's just really good talks. They're really informative, Mm -hmm. really introspective. And um, yeah, if anyone's listening and they want to learn more, there's uh, he put out a documentary. It's free on Amazon Prime uh, called First Contact. But yeah, I really like that clip because. Yeah, well, yeah, like I was saying how smarmy he is, where he's like, well, we don't need so many notes because we know how to hear, you know, with what we have. Like, even if you just play a simple notes, we can get more out of it. I thought that was really funny. That's what, that's like the same yeah. complaint people have about, like, like jazz music. They're like, why do you play so many notes? Why don't you just play the ones that you need? You have all these extra notes. It's like, okay, I, I guess extraterrestrials yeah. just are not a fan of... uh of overplaying they just want the the nitty-gritty the simple which is funny because i feel like you know going back to the john was trying to contact aliens short doc on netflix and a lot of other you know when we when we see people who are trying to contact aliens jazz is always the go-to because you know jazz can feel very alien in the sense that it's very you know complicated it feels very heady uh, you know there's a lot of communication going going like you know going on Mm -hmm. that's all instrumental there's no talking yet there's a lot of talking Mm -hmm. so it was kind of interesting to hear that clip because yeah and you know like we're gonna talk about later too but like the 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 star wars uh cantina cantina that's all jazz you know so we're we're kind of expected to think that aliens are just into like really crazy jazz or electronic music but yeah boops and beeps and synthesizer warbling and 
Yeah, but maybe. It's, but it's probably more like a dial tone. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> They're just listening to just if, a pure, just boop. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, if anything, we should just send some like doom metal out to space. Be like, yeah, here's here's dope thrown, you know, enjoy these three notes yeah. played over and over for. Here's a power chord for six hours straight. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, why? Yeah, why not? I mean, yeah, if, if um, you know, a lot of our preconceptions of what UFOs would uh or extraterrestrials, what they'd actually want to hear is, you know, it's kind of our own, that, you know, it stems from our own conceptions of what humans want to hear. Uh, I mean, mm-hmm. who knows what they want to, what they're actually communicating to what they'd want to hear. So I would say let's let, we should make it as simple as possible. That seems like yeah. the best way to not uh, kind of bungle the, uh, the communicate, you know, I don't know. It just seems kind of like, uh, you mm-hmm. know, sending something with a lot of lyrics, like I said before, sending something with a lot of lyrics a lot of extra kind of stuff in there it might it might be offensive to a to an extraterrestrial. Let's just keep it simple. Yeah. You, you know what? You know it is potentially impressive though if if they only have if they have just a very stripped down type of music and they still are able to whoever's making that music is still able to fully express themselves with just like one note. How are they even achieving that? You know what I mean? Or is the music serving more of a function of, you know, you achieve some mood, you achieve some sort of uh, like the music is causing you to feel a certain way. Are they, is it just purely functional or is it the artist expressing themselves through just three notes? Mm. I feel curious. like he he yeah he kind of says in the beginning too that it is like a you know an expansion on creativity. So that is kind of interesting to think that yeah it's still it's still being used as like a creative means but just in a very simplified form. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Didn't you say that you saw a clip um I know we, we couldn't find it Mike but the oh, clip yeah, of the the, the, the music yeah the, that's so good. Yeah. Yeah, so this was okay so for uh, all the people that you know haven't still haven't seen any Bashar videos he usually will set up in some big like um you know convention hall or whatever with a big old crystal behind him or whatever you know new agey decorative thing but he this video that I saw a while ago and I couldn't find, he was um, answering questions at a music festival. So it was just like, you know, 19 year olds and 20 <laughs> year old, like college kids just in the crowd, just like, whoa, you're like an alien man. <laughs> so one of the kids asked um, if they have music festivals on his planet and what those are like. And he, and he said, yes, they, they did, but they weren't, they weren't organized and planned like they do on earth. It's, it's totally spontaneous where somebody will just start playing music and then people will gather around and then hundreds of people will gather around. And then it's just a spontaneous festival and everybody's just kind of like playing music. And, but to put that into more context, he also says that um, their planet is a, is like a nature reserve. The whole planet is a nature reserve where they don't, they don't live on the planet. They live in a ship that orbits the planet, like a big Mm. massive ship that orbits the planet. And then they go down to the planet to enjoy the natural uh, environment. So you could see Mm. how, you know, you might break into a music festival. Oh yeah. That's a dream, man. (laughs) 
That's the best news. I'm ready. I'm ready to be abducted, honestly, and just have these <laughs> spontaneous mm-hmm. music festivals. Yeah. I'm tired of sitting around at home. Take me. Take I'm me, ready. Take me now. Um, well, <laughs> yeah. Supposedly, he's um, hovering over Sedona, too, so he's not that far away. Yeah, that's true. Sedona is a hot spot, you know? Yeah. Um, I'll just start talking to some dolphins now and get myself ready. Dolphin I'm talk, ready. yeah. I have a, uh, oh, I can see it from here, but it's it's too far away to read the title. But yeah, I have like a, a cassette tape of all dolphin dolphin noises or something. I don't know. <laughs> a, a, a co-worker oh, nice. of mine gave it to me <laughs> along with a bunch of other cassettes that they were giving away. And they knew that I still listen to cassettes. So they're like, yeah, here, just have all these. And it was like, you know, mostly just like some weird kind of like jazz stuff. And um, there was like an Aleister Crowley tape. That I still haven't listened to, but uh, it was very That's cool. that was in there, and then there was a dolphin noise tape. So there was two really very sweet, sweet pick, uh, sweet picks in that <laughs> lot of uh, of sweet cassettes. So yeah, we might have to start doing that. I think living in Arizona is uh, it's kind of a uh, you know it's kind of a godsend when it comes to extraterrestrial stuff and and whatnot. I don't know what it is about the desert and kind of the wide expanses of just like clear skies and. And, and like open desert landscape is it just like a magnet for, yeah. for like UFO stuff. So we may have to, uh, yeah. we may, you know, at some point when, uh, when we can do it safely, we might have to take a, a trip out in the desert and try to use some of these, uh, dolphin noises or whatnot to, <laughs> to communicate. <laughs> totally. Just blast dolphin noises into the night air. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That would be great. Yeah, well, I guess for some kind of like closing thoughts here. So, I guess what are your what are your guys's big takeaway on like why music and why songs are used to contact aliens? And yeah, I guess your take of of music being the universal language. Uh, so I think um, you know, uh, kind of to ground ground what I'm about to say, like the. You know, as as people, music is uh, a big part of our lives. Whether you're a musician or just a you know a casual fan of some kind, or if you only listen to top forty on the radio, or if you've got you know a, a giant like storage room full of, of of records or something, music is kind of all around us. We uh, digest it on a on a daily basis. Uh, you know, whether we're listening to our, our favorite bands or it's just music in the background of a TV show or, or something, it's 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 always going to be there. Um, for us and it's um it's kind of a it's a language unto its own uh you know and i feel like because of the fact that everyone well i'm not gonna say everyone but most people have some sort of connection to music um music Mm -hmm. uh, grounds us it uh, grounds memories it grounds special moments in our lives uh it soundtracks you know uh, emotions for us um I think we take a lot of those feelings uh, and when we put them into music, it kind of gives sound, the the just kind of the bass level, just sound. It gives it a, a very like a weight to it. And I think, mm. um, you know, it, with the idea of it being used to, to potentially uh, communicate with extraterrestrials, you know, I think, um, I think it's probably just the simplest way that we can imagine would be... Um, a way for us to to kind of uh, communicate on their level that they would almost definitely understand is is noise it's tone it's just you know it doesn't need to be learned necessarily you know someone who speaks english someone who speaks spanish they can still mostly probably hear the same thing um as long as it's not like mm. you know there's no words involved if it's just tone it's just sounds 
th- both those people can probably understand it at some base level. So why not, you know, an extraterrestrial? Why wouldn't they understand it? Now we're also assuming they listen to music the same way we do. They might not. They might not have ears. They might. Uh, they might mm-hmm. again be all telepathic, all just mental or energy that kind of thing. But I think uh, because we all kind of understand music on a base level, I think it's easy for us to extrapolate that into being a, a good way to communicate with um, with the unknown, with extraterrestrials, with other entities that uh, we don't know a lot about. Absolutely. Well said. Yeah. And I, I guess all I would add is um, maybe uh, it's a good guess um, that aliens realize the vibratory nature of the universe, you know, mm. cycles of planets going around, you know, the sun and, you know, the cycles of everything. It seems pretty universal. But then, um, yeah, music, I think, probably has the the potential to uh, more accurately uh, communicate certain emotions. Like, we might say we're sad, but like the, just saying the word sad might not be as descriptive as a sad sounding song mm-hmm. i don't know what's the range of emotions that you can communicate yeah. through the music yeah mm. i don't know there must be some kind of limit to that but just to communicate to them like hey i exist and you exist and now you know that i exist because i'm pumping this sound at you yeah exactly and what would you guys, if you were, if you were trying to contact aliens and you had your, your own transmission, what songs or what artists or what albums would you use? Well, <laughs> <laughs> oh, hitting, hitting, hitting us with the hard one, right? Uh, yeah. Right as we're trying to, to sign off here to go get a you know, stack <laughs> of tacos or something. Um, <laughs> hmm. I think I would kind of go the more like, I guess, obvious route, but uh, I'd probably gonna kind of lean more electronic, you know, like especially when mm-hmm. I when I was rewatching that uh, John was trying to contact aliens doc, um, you know, he he does a lot of kraut rock, like a lot of craft work, harmonia stuff like that, and also the soundtrack to that doc has some really great songs, but. Yeah, I feel like some like really avant-garde German, you know, <laughs> kind of <laughs> experimental. Yeah, some oh, that's a good one. Yeah, some yeah, that would be really good. Yeah, I think I would kind of gonna <laughs> kind of go more that route. I feel like more like cold tones, you know. Like he does play like a lot of jazz on his show, like or I mean like a lot of like afrobeat. I feel like my I don't know. I have like the more classic idea of space and aliens kind of in my mind. So it'd be more like cold, literal alien kind of sounds. Probably a lot of tipper, you know, some okay. weird, some weird, because like, his music itself kind of is very, I don't know. It, he kind of creates these really weird alien landscapes through these kind of ambient, gurgling, mulchy sounds. But then it might be too on the nose, and the aliens would be like, "Okay, we've heard that. <laughs> yeah, we've heard that Sh- before. <laughs> show me something I don't know, you know." <laughs> but I think they would they would understand that I'm trying to make a connection there. Like, hey, you like space, right? So do I. <laughs> Take me with you. <laughs> space. 
<laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think I would, yeah, I think I would agree with you, uh, Parisa, in regards to at least the kinds of music I'd, I'd want to send out there. I think, uh, like we had kind of mentioned earlier, the idea of keeping it sort of simple, sort of uh, maybe um, music that kind of loops in on itself or it's just like kind of like drone and, and whatnot, something that communicates really simple ideas, but also depending on maybe the frequencies of the music, uh, the mix of the music, the EQ, something that kind of hits you in a very guttural, physical way, like a lot of low tones, mm-hmm. a lot of low frequencies, a lot of something that can you can feel in your body, uh, something like mm-hmm. that. Um, yeah, I, and I would definitely lean towards, uh, like mm-hmm. you were saying, maybe something a little more uh, more cold. Uh, mm-hmm. I, and that might be kind of a bad way to describe it, at least in my head. I would say cold, but not like flat. Like something just very exactly, like, yeah, uh, visceral. Something that'll hit you, but isn't necessarily super. I don't know, aggressive or anything. Yeah, like maybe some like you know a selection of some Aphex Twin stuff. You know, not not the like really aggressive mm, stuff, yeah. but maybe some of his like more yeah, yeah collected ambient works. Yeah, that's a classic. You know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think I would lean towards some ambient ambient music. You know. Yeah. Like if I had to, I don't know. Oh, I, I mean, originally I had the thought that, uh, like really aggressive music is is seems more like a primal thing, mm. and so that as That's maybe true. as we evolve, that it gets more gentle. But I don't know if that's the case because classical music was pretty gentle, and then it it became aggressive. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. after that yeah and I, but, I do think it's like you know we we sent out like a that you know care package whatever communication package out into space and we're planning to you know potentially send out or communicate using you know uh ambient music kind of something a little more uh, beat oriented electronic and then these extraterrestrials show up and we start playing this for them and then they just kind of look at us and be like but where's the rock and roll <laughs> so i don't know we could be yeah, we you know we kind exactly. of sh- might have shot ourselves in the foot with uh sending out chuck berry we might have uh that's true send yeah out more keyboard stuff or you know more synth stuff. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh and i thought of one other one other artist just came to mind because he lives in tucson now too but steve roach would be great mm, um yeah especially because yeah. a uh before like probably like one of the one of the last shows i saw before covid uh, Steve Roach played at Solar Culture, and his whole setup seems like some kind of crazy alien transmission <laughs> thing. You know, it's yeah. like this whole wall full of these analog synthesizers and things that I don't even know what they are. So that that also seems pretty fitting, mm-hmm. and it's just great music. You know, yeah, puts you in a trance, puts you in a state. Yeah. So it's true. <sighs> well, thank yeah. you guys so much yeah. for. Chatting. So next time, uh, we're gonna be talking more about. Uh, what are we talking about next time? Um, more like soundtracks from sci-fi movies and mm-hmm. how uh, the sci-fi pop culture industry collides with music. I think, right? Totally. Yep. Nailed it. I forgot what I was talking about <laughs> and where I was there for a second. It's all good. Um. Yeah, and thank you, Samba. Also, I feel like I accidentally doxed you like a hundred times. I kept forgetting to call you Samba. <laughs> but it's all right. It's fine. No, don't worry about it. I did it to myself one time on the air, 
uh, on on the Instagram show, and uh, people, you know, they di- they didn't let me forget it. They kept uh, put, bringing it up in the chat, and I was like, God damn it! And, you know, the air of mystery is just gone when uh, when you dox yourself. Come on, you know. Yeah. You know. Well, regardless, yeah, that's uh, what I've come to be. Uh, uh, like to call myself on the, uh, <laughs> on the air and maybe someday in real life i don't know so if you see me out in public which probably won't be happening for a long time but uh if you see me out in <laughs> yeah. public you know samba over here don't dox me out in Love public it. please Absolutely. <laughs> and yeah. uh yeah before we go do you want to just remind the listeners one more time where they can find your show and how they can uh where they can follow you sure so uh yeah if you uh, are interested in uh, more of the live uh, talk show based format where you can call in and uh, kind of join in on the discussion. Please tune in to uh, Tarantula's Dream TV over on Instagram uh, every Monday and Wednesday from 9 uh, to 10 p.m. or 9 p.m. to 10 p.m. Uh, but uh, like we said at the beginning of the uh, of this episode, uh, I'm taking a break till uh, 2021, till January. So uh, I do have all the episodes on the uh, Instagram page. So you can watch older episodes if you'd like, as well as on YouTube. Just search Tarantula's Dream TV on YouTube. Find all the episodes on there as well. Uh, but uh, I am still doing the uh, the radio show. So Tarantula's Dream Radio over on 99.1 FM, Downtown Radio Tucson, just downtownradio.org. And, uh, you know, listen over there. Excellent. Awesome. Cool. Well, we'll see you around next time. Uh, this has been the Melody Feed, a podcast from Trial and Error Collective. You can find more of our blogs, interviews, zines, all that good stuff over at trialandaircollective.com. And that's all I got to (laughs) say. Cool. All right. See you guys next time. And uh, thanks to Samba. Thank you. For hanging out. (laughs) (laughs) So good. (laughs) Oh, he just dissipated before our very eyes. (laughs) cool so thanks for listening to the episode guys this has been the melody feed podcast and if you enjoyed this episode please consider donating to our paypal you can find us through our email at the melody feed podcast at gmail.com all right see you later thanks